0: episode 444 cancer prevention should i be worried with dr mel palomares the awaken your alpha podcast tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha tales and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories the useful stuff the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. dot com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Get to the podcast. Okay. Enjoy the show. A very important episode on the Waking Your Alpha podcast this week. We have... Dr. Mel Palamores is on the line. She is the founder of the cancer prevention movement. We're going to be talking about the three main myths for cancer prevention. Well, that's at least to get us started. Her bio could go on for ages. She's a doctor, obviously. She's done lots of things in this field that we're going to be talking about today. Firstly, Mel, are you ready to awaken your alpha today?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Awesome. And thank you for having me on.
0: No worries. That was a very brief introduction dived into what, what we're going to be delivering for the audience, but tell us a little bit about your, yourself in terms of what I may have missed and just sort of fill in the background.
1: Sure. So I'm a medical doctor, an MD, and I have training in oncology, epidemiology, and genetics. Um, I practice something I call preventive oncology. Uh, most people, medical oncologists, they, they focus on the treatment of cancer. And I believe that the true effective treatment is to start before you ever have a diagnosis. And so epidemiology are, is a study of risk factors and genetics that kind of makes sense. Most people know what that mm-hmm. is. And so I look at both environmental and hereditary risk factors for cancer in each individual that I see.
0: It's a little bit of your origins, but where are you originally from, and where are you speaking to us from today?
1: Okay, well, um, I'm speaking from the Los Angeles area. That's the easiest to say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was I moved a lot <laughs> during mm-hmm. time the time of my life, so I guess I grew up in rural South Carolina, and then went to college in Boston, med school in Atlanta, and did um, my Uh, residency in the LA area, and then oncology, epidemiology, and genetics in Seattle. Now I'm back in LA.
0: And who or what awakened your medical alpha and sort of set you on this path? When was that time in your life you thought, right, this is is the direction I'm going?
1: Yeah, you know, I had a lot of uh, nudges along the way. So I'd say the very first one is actually just hanging out with my mom after school. She's a, a pathologist, retired now. And I just asked a lot of questions. I'd hang out in her office and I asked a lot of questions. So that was my first exposure. I would say, so I I guess I was always sort of destined to go to medical school, but it was during medical school that I was inspired by a really good teacher uh, who was an oncologist. And um, I did a selective with him at hospice volunteering. Um, And I found that I wasn't afraid of supporting people who were dying, and I thought that that was unusual, and maybe that was a sign, (laughs) so that's (laughs) how I went into oncology. Um, Through my training in oncology, I um, got a little frustrated that people were getting more side effects from what I was giving them, and that's how I led into um, prevention. I saw someone who gave a talk on that, and I go, oh, this is what I want to do
0: we spoke before the interview it's a good way to start about the kind of the three big myths that are out there when it t- comes to cancer prevention.
1: Yeah. So, um, the first one, or if we counted backward, number three would be, um, that, that, per, that cancer is actually preventable. A lot of people don't really realize that, that 40 to 7%, 70% of cancers are preventable. And, um, there are many modifiable risks, um, and so i I, often when i'm giving talks i go into those um and then the number two one is that there are all these missed opportunities people think that they don't have to start now but you actually do have to start now because it takes five to 20 years before a cancer is diagnosed and so the earlier you start the more likely you're not going to have it so it's starting early and being consistent about it and then the third or I guess number one thing, is that in order to have no cancer, you have to first know your risk. So I have a free online assessment that i call the no for no quiz because that's what i say in order to have no cancer you have to know your risk yeah and um that can be found on my website or i should say the cancer prevention movement website um which is cancerriskprevention.com slash assessment
0: awesome you, st- you said number three or you kind of the first one you talked about and you said you go into some more details i wonder if you could have some more details about what you know people can Look out for around them threes, and I know you said before to me you 're very wary about being specific it's very an individual thing. there are you know these generic statements
1: I guess the uh, one thing I can say is that the most common risk factor if someone were to ask I actually asked this in, in before I give a talk, and a lot of people will yell out different things and the the most common one actually is age, so as we get older our bodies become less efficient and, um, errors get past it. They don't catch and okay. fix things. Well, we can't
0: prevent our age. I'm just, can't prevent can prevent it. Do- well, <laughs> so what I was
1: going to say about that is that chronologic age, we can't do anything about, but functional age, we can definitely do something about. And so then if you look at, you know, there are many different things and then it gets individualized, but, um, if I were to do broad strokes, um, the statistics are that the the number one, you know, modifiable risk is tobacco use. Now that has decreased, luckily, because of more awareness. And the number two one is being overweight or obese. And then you can go into very much details about diet, but okay. um, those are
0: sort of the broad strokes. Well, I mean, because we got the broad strokes just for, for selfish reasons and to help make it more uh, make more sense for you as well. So someone like me who's never done tobacco, um, healthy, I'd like to say, active, not overweight. I, I know that for a fact. I'm 40, in my 40s now. So forty something. As a case study and someone else listening might relate to aspects of that, what should I be worried about, you know, or what should I be, you know, aware of at this age? Sure. So when I
1: do one of my consults, we start with the questionnaire, and it goes, each question is a domain of risk. Mm-hmm. And so things I start going into what's not necessarily so common, but things that are quick to rule out. And so um, family history is one that, you know, if someone doesn't have a family history of cancer and they have a pretty large family, then then I can say, okay, there's probably no hereditary causes, mm-hmm. and I only say that not because there's nothing you can do, but because there's different screening that yeah. we do for them. Okay, and so then um, after that, I look at uh, three. There's three areas in my in what my wellness. Um, Model and um, I mostly in my consults focus on longevity and serenity. And so, the longevity things are are you eating the proper things? Are you moving properly? Are you getting enough sleep that kind of goes into serenity? And in your mindset, kind of things, so are you practicing mindfulness sort of things? So, this is broad, yeah. get more detailed with an individual.
0: Okay, say I've got them things covered. I mean, what would, for example, like say a 40 year old male. Who's got, uh, let's say, he doesn't have massive amounts of family history in it, and like you know, using me as a case study, what would you be areas of concern for you? Or- well,
1: if I've ruled out all of those things, then you follow population guidelines, and so then you would follow a standard healthy diet. Uh, there's a lot of controversy over that, so I usually go over a a, um, uh, a spectrum, and and just talk about like the healthiest and then depending on where they are, um, sometimes making a jump all the way to the healthiest is Mm. um, difficult. So uh, we can make a step light program. And then also having the the proper screening. Uh, A 40-year-old male, there isn't really any screening yet. And again, if there's no family history, Um, most of the screening for a male starts at age 50. For females, that's different.
0: Okay, so I, I mean, what, what, what can I do in my position? Is it just fingers crossed, follow the guidelines uh, what is, and just hope? Is that all I've got to do?
1: Well, if I'm seeing someone in a consult, then we dive more deeply into their, their dietary habits, their sleep habits, hydration habits, all of that kind of stuff. We, I focus much more on, yeah. on individualizing for that person. Uh, again, not just where to be, but where are you starting? because the plan is actually to get there <laughs> and to be consistent. And yeah. so, um, like I said, sometimes small steps are much more effective.
0: What, than what types of cancer would you be thinking, in, in, for my scenario, what types of cancer would be most common or at, high, um, at higher risk for?
1: Yeah. So the most, that's a great question. The most common cancers are breast, prostate, lung, colorectal, and skin cancer. And so those five I cover in every consult. Um, If I see um, other, you know, something in their medical history that makes me think that they might be increased risk for something else, I'll include that. But for everyone, I go over those five. If we were to um, eliminate really just the first four that I said in in the world, we would decrease the uh, burden of cancer by 50% those four cancers out of 150 different cancers, those four make up half of all cancers. So it's a worthwhile endeavor to try to prevent those.
0: Okay. It seems lots of general advice and sort of stuff that we would think, well, that makes sense, you know, eat healthy, move and all these things. And I mean, I'm just, I just want to know from your, what do you know that the, you know, the, the average person on the street doesn't know, uh, you feel like it's getting missed in translation, like people are just they're, you know, not understanding about cancer and, and how to look out from it. And maybe if there's symptoms, they might pass it off for something else, like when should someone like, be worried and go and see a doctor?
1: Right, so um, the National Cancer Institute um, ha- has lists 150 different cancers. So there are some that are unusual. Yeah. Um, their symptoms depend on the type of cancer. And I'm mindful of time, so I, I imagine it's kind yes. of frustrating for that I'm saying general things. But this is the reason why I spend an hour with each individual. Yeah. And so um, symptoms are very different depending if you're <laughs> concerned about prostate cancer versus breast cancer, colorectal cancer, ovarian cancer, that sort of thing. So, um, but I, I would say. You know, like if you're say general, I guess a lump that wasn't there, so knowing your body yeah. is a good thing. bleeding um, from an orifice to like um, you know uh, having uterine bleeding or or blood and stool that's unusual it might not be cancer, but in fact it's usually benign, but that would be a reason to seek medical advice um unexplained weight loss would be another reason it may not be cancer yeah Um, thyroid hyperthyroidism causes weight loss so um the main thing is just to know your body and if you detect something different seek medical advice because we're trained to go through what we call differential diagnosis and not all of it's cancer but we Mm. will rule them all out and so um I think that's the best advice I can give for a general audience.
0: And who helped awaken your alpha? Who I mean in terms of it could have been more recently because you've got your your own business, you but you obviously you're a doctor as well at the same time. I mean is there a specific person that really kind of helped you follow down this path?
1: Uh yeah, and I mentioned some people earlier in yeah. my career. Um but a more recent thing that happened to me And I guess the lesson, well, I'll tell the story first and then I'll say the lesson, Um, (laughs) that uh, I had a very stressful um, incident in my life. Um, I discovered that I was um, married to someone who had a drug and alcohol addiction and that led to really severe financial and legal uh, string of things that... um, I guess I had been a goody two shoes before that I'd never, never experienced some of those things. And, and, uh, largely
0: been hidden from you then.
1: Yeah. 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 But it affected everything, you know, it affected my personal life. It affected, uh, my professional life because it was hard to concentrate. And, um, so a lot of things were occurring. And in that time, I myself gained weight. I started having high blood pressure, I actually found, because of my own knowledge, I, I found an, a mole that ended up being an early melanoma. So I'm a cancer survivor myself. Um, it was completely cured with surgery alone. Um, and I think that the bottom line, two lessons I learned from this whole thing is one, that none of us are immune, that we really need to be um, knowledgeable of what cancers were at risk for and to be vigilant all the time and um, that we're not immune and that we can know what the healthy things are to do and we still don't do it. I mean, th- this is me, I knew better and I still, it happened, life got in the way. Um, and then I, I guess the other lesson, my personal lesson in all that is that when things started getting better, it was when I started letting go Instead of holding on to everything, the career I'd spent 10 years, the academic career I'd spent 10 years um, building, when I started just letting it all go and just letting things flow, everything worked out. Instead of worrying about uh, what I was supposed to do and who might think of whatever they might think about me and just started paying attention to me, how do I take care of myself? Don't worry about all of that. That's when everything changed. And so when I, when I talk to people, it's not just the medical stuff I put in there. It is my personal experience. And so a lot of it really is mindset and mindfulness, and letting things go.
0: Well, thanks for sharing that. So we're going to move into the alpha round now. I'd like to start that off with, is there a particular favorite quote that really kind of sums up your approach to life? The sort of thing you might have kind of up in the office somewhere?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> um. Well, I think the, the thing that's on my mind right now really is about um, like letting things go. So first, knowledge is power. And then just trusting yourself that, that you know what is, is best. Seek advice, you know, professional advice, and then go with your intuition after that.
0: Has there been a particularly impactful book for you in your life or just a, an all-time favorite that you like to recommend?
1: oh boy there 's a lot of them, but one that I use a lot in my coaching um, part of my business is um, the slight edge
0: and, oh love yeah. that yeah i've got that just over here that is yeah that 's up in my top top ten definitely jeff Olson yes awesome.
1: i I just love the the whole idea of simplifying and breaking things down into steps. It really helps things, particularly when you get into overwhelm
0: yeah and do, uh, obviously, what we've been discussing here with the cancer side of things—is there any good books out there that you think for the the average Joe that is actually a, a useful reference or just a you know a book on this subject? Do, does that exist out there? Um, or is it just a massive medical journal for someone like you. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, there are, there are a variety of different dietary books. They're mm-hmm. all good, but you know that only focuses on the diet. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I actually have a book that I'm writing because so much of it is medical and yeah. not for the general audience. What I can say is that I have a, a book where there's a chapter um, that is on that topic. That, so it's a general book of wellness, but there are different authors
0: mm-hmm. in there.
1: And I'm one of them. And, and so that is on, on my website as well. It's called the authorities. And so there are various different authorities, but I'm one of them. So um, that's on my website, cancerriskprevention.com.
0: Awesome. And what is the, I suppose, apart from the, the online tool and the online assessment that we're going to have in the show notes as well, that people can go and do, are there any resources around? I know it's hard because obviously there's so many things that may, you know, can, come together to increase your chance of having cancer but is there any resources out there that you think are a good resource it could just be in general that maybe you use that you think is actually not many people know about it or people don't use it in the in the way i use it is there any resources you want to recommend
1: you know that's a really great question because there's a lot of stuff online and so teasing out what's good quality uh versus not as so evidence-based um is is a good thing to point out. So I think for the general audience, the American Cancer Society website has really good general information. That's uh, cancer.gov, no, sorry, Uh, cancer.org. Cancer.gov is the National Cancer Institute website. It's also very good, but it gets a little more technical. So for the general audience, I think that cancer.org, American Cancer Society is very good. Um, And then as far as some good general dietary recommendations, the American Institute for Cancer Research has that, and that's AICR.org.
0: Awesome. Some good resources there. Um, And from your network, when you hear the phrase, awaken your alpha, who do you think would be a really good guest for the show, either has a very specific area of expertise or a very interesting backstory in terms of what they've had to go through to get to this point? Anyone spring to mind?
1: Well, you know, I'm someone who thinks about something lately. So uh, there's someone that I went to, um, I was her client, who's a hyp- hypnotherapist. And so I'm continually on a, a personal growth um, mm-hmm. journey. And so I, I really wanted to dig deep and find out, well, where else am I blocked? And um, I, I could recommend her. What's her name? <laughs> to- Tony Marie Torrey. Tony Marine. Okay. Awesome.
0: And what is the best way? I mean, you mentioned the the assessment test and thing, but if if people want to continue the conversation, what is the best way for people to connect with you?
1: Yeah. So I have, I can be contacted through the website, which is Um, cancerriskprevention.com. All of our contact information is at the bottom, but I'll repeat it um, the, the email address is health at cancerriskprevention.com and our phone number is 833-END-CANCER or 833 d c n c r, and if you don't like letters, that's
0: 833-363-2627. And I'm just starting to wrap things up. I mean, what do you feel like you haven't had a chance to get across about cancer prevention? I know it's very much, I mean, what's coming across is it's a very individualized thing. You need to sit down with someone for an hour, but this may be the only last 30 seconds or a couple of minutes that you get to someone and they'd like to reach out, but life's going to get in the way. I mean, is there anything around cancer, cancer risk, uh, risk prevention that you want to get across, close the show with?
1: Yes, to do it now, take action. Don't put it off. I, I use the analogy like um, car maintenance. Uh, so often we wait till something breaks down, same with home maintenance, um, rather than doing the regular things that you should be doing every, every few miles. And so um, if you really wanna maintain your body, which is the only car that we will drive the, our whole lives, then you should start now and be consistent about it.
0: Yeah. I suppose the thing, if you um, go in for these sort of these checkups and things and, and your doctor's got no worries, but you may have a worry and you're like, hey, I'm sure I probably haven't got anything, but what I mean, what can the individual do if they want to push things through in terms of they want to get tested for certain things? I mean, what are your advice? Because that's always the worry that doctors might think, yeah, compared to the next person, you're probably at lower risk, you probably haven't got it but you individually, you may have a concern and you just want that peace of mind. What advice would you give to someone and what, they, what sort of things could they say to their doctor?
1: Yeah, just, just keep saying, I know there's something not here. I know my body, this is not right. What else, what other tests can, can we do? Okay. So, yeah.
0: Well, Mel, Dr. Mel, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha, Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx Talk, you can do that. So head over to TalkX.com. C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back!